Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Thanks again for joining us. This is Derek alongside Carl Mandrioli. Uh, we are backpacking in blisters, epic tales and epic trails. Uh, today, episode two, we're going to be talking about, we call it master of disaster. And these are things that, these are people or, or, or that can go on a trip that can just, um, things can just fall apart because of things that they do or or are led to do. And we're going to get in more detail on that. Uh, Carl, how you doing? Are you doing good? I'm doing good. I think that, yeah, I think that master disasters, not just obviously people related, things can happen to the people. These are just altogether trip disasters. And there's so many different ones. We're we're not going to get to all of them. Yeah, we're just going to get to each of us is going to talk about our top three avoidable trip disasters. Top three avoidable trip. Why don't you start us off today? So I think, you know, in reflecting about this particular episode in the title, I think I might actually be the master of disaster because I think I have encountered most of the disasters that i can think of that you could possibly have while backpacking all except for maybe death i'm still alive so i've avoided that one <laughs> but, but that's what makes you the legend you are today though, dude. <laughs> you know? legend in my own mind right <laughs> <laughs> what do you got hit me with a good one what do you got <laughs> hit you with a good one all right so so i've got my my list of three and okay. you know what my first one actually relates to a bible verse so i'm gonna mm. i'm gonna start off the bible verse today rather than kind of weaving one in right. and this is proverbs 21 5 the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty mm. and my first one has to do with a hasty decision that i made not that i came to poverty but that i came close to to being as poor as you can be that's without my life so this is so my tr- number one trip disaster is water falling <laughs> you don't want to fall into a waterfall especially one of the biggest ones in the world which happens to be the one that i fell into which is yosemite falls oh great story great story. yeah yeah so this is a long story i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell the full version here unless there's a demand for it later but just here's the situation my first maybe my first second hike i'm 18 years old i was going with a bunch of friends and and all my friends were well more experienced than i was we're obviously in yosemite national park we take a lunch break and they walk out onto the granite surface, which is below the first drop, the first big drop of Yosemite Falls. And because the spray has um, coated the surface of this granite, it's slick. Mm. And those guys took their shoes off. And my hasty decision was to obviously follow them. They know what they're doing. Take wow. off, even though I'm a klutz. 
and follow them <laughs> to the waterfall. So I didn't get very far, and I slipped on the slick surface. The granite was angled down towards the river that was between the first drop and the second drop, and into the water I went. I mean, I literally slid down the granite, trying to scrape and claw with my fingernails. Nothing's gripping. Oh. Well, and so and what's, s- your immediate, what's your immediate thought process at that point? You know, at that point, I don't think I was thinking, obviously, rationally, because I'm sliding so fast. I'm like, I, I think my, my only thought was, I'm going in. And sure enough, I went in, and I'm going down this river, which is about to lead to another couple hundred foot drop. Oh. Yeah. And I flew over, I don't know, like a 10-footer into this swirling pool of 50-degree water where I was able to clutch onto the side of the rock in this kind of mini canyon. And Do you just feel helpless at that point, like f- as you're falling and all this other stuff's going on? Yeah, I like to think of myself as a logical person, and I was logically trying to figure out a way out of this because I couldn't climb yeah. out being barefoot and with a rock being wet. Nobody knew exactly where I was because um, because it floated down the river a little ways, and I wasn't in a really reachable spot. I knew the water was cold. I knew hypothermia was not, was a, a possibility. And so I kind of logically went through it, and I thought, I am about to die. Yeah. And that's, so... That's a... Wow. That's a feat, man. No, that, it's... And, yeah. It was, that doesn't it, leave you. It was a tough moment, for sure. So, obviously, I didn't die because I'm still here and I'm podcasting what? now. What? Which, is, which is what was in store for me, obviously, to become yeah. a, a future backpacking podcaster. But my my friends eventually somehow crossed the river, found me. Uh, we got out onto like a, a little rock island and we kind of like hugged each other so that we could, so I could kind of warm up until a helicopter came and the rescue crew. So, I, I assume at that point, the trip was over. At that point, yeah, it kind of puts a damper on the trip when you almost got You're not really going to get back on the trail. And <laughs> it's hard. To, yeah, we didn't finish it that day. We didn't make it to the top. That's fair. Eventually, I went back and made it to the top, but not that day. That's fair. It's fair. So, so yeah. So, I guess top three avoidable trip disasters. Number one is death. I, I don't was, I don't know if I can beat that, you guys. Um, I'm done today. That's it. But I don't think I don't. That's unbeatable. Like that. Oh. Well, that's that's the worst one. We're starting with the worst. Yeah, then how do I? Mine are going to sound so dumb after that. All right. No, yours is going to sound dumb. I'm telling you that I was an idiot for going out on the rock in the first place and just being like, those guys are doing it. I should do it. But like, what an epic story. I mean, yeah, you were a total knucklehead for doing that, but great story. Okay. So, all right. I'm going to throw my. This is my A game story. This is pretty sad, but here, okay, my A game story. Okay, my master disaster moment was probably, and this is pre gear list. Okay, let's keep that in mind, people, before you judge. Pre gear list, um, I means you didn't have access to the gear list, or there was no gear list for you. Yeah, no, I had no idea what to bring. Right, so I um, number one overpacked, obviously, but I brought cotton socks. And if you know anything mm. about backpacking and hiking, never, ever bring cotton socks. So I had like, I don't know, three pairs of cotton socks, you know. And within the first quarter mile to a mile of the trip we were doing, um, I walked through like a small stream thinking like, eh, no big deal. I'll dry out. Right. I'll be fine. No big deal. So right. by the end of that day, needless to say, I had eight blisters on one foot, nine on the other foot. And the next morning we woke up and you were like, okay, here's the hard day of 19 (laughs) miles or whatever it was. And I I almost cried right there. So I think, you know, bring wool socks. I can't. And after I've brought in wool socks, brought in, it's not even a word, but let's keep it. Um, (laughs) After I've brought in wool socks, uh, I've never had another blister in over 10 years. So not to say that that makes you immune to blisters but no it does helps. not but severely Ill, uh yeah. diminishes them ill-fitting shoes can obviously cause blisters as well yes. or 
just lack of being in shape or having your feet be in shape. Yeah. But you know, I thought of two things there because I I actually had bought into the wool sock thing and did a did a long distance hike one time, and I think at one point I counted twenty one blisters on my feet. Oh. And so blisters is definitely an avoidable trip disaster. I think you hit the, the nail on the head. Number one thing is to bring the, the wool socks. Somehow down. you made blisters on the feet into a competition that you won, though. That was pretty impressive. I like Try that. to have 22. I had 21. Um, Try to beat me. I'm going to let you have that one. Good job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, honestly, this 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 one right here, I, th- I thought of you because a couple of years ago, I went on a trip and I invited a, a family with minimal experience. And we have the gear list. And so... Mm. The gearless does not make you immune to those issues because um, when we sh- when the guy showed up, he, I was like, "Hey, did you make sure you got everything on the gearless?" And he's like, "Yeah, but I got, you know, I just brought whatever socks I had." I'm like, "So you have <laughs> socks?" <laughs> oh he's man! Like, he's like, "Yeah, I saw these put down wool socks." He's like, "I'm not gonna bring those." And I thought, "Okay, <laughs> have fun, buddy." <laughs> right. It was an easy trip, so it didn't really matter in the end. But I thought, mm, mental note: if I invite that guy again. We're yeah. in a little chat. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mental note is right. Mental note is right. right. Okay. I, listeners, dude, I like it. That's, it's a hardcore, I mean, hence the title of the whole podcast. I mean, that's right. where it came from. That um, will ruin your trip if you have severe blisters, especially if you get them oh, on your heels. It's just the worst. Oh, it's just the worst. It's awful. Um, yeah. The, let's see. Oh, okay. The second one I had was, um, this actually happened la- uh, this year or last year, our last trip. And I... Now, I'm not going to blame you because you were supposed to bring me extra cheese and extra food. So I'm not going to blame you, but I'll point that out. But not bringing enough food. Mm. I went super light, hyper lightweight, I'll call it, to try to, you know, shave weight off my pack. And it's a gamble, obviously, anytime you do that. And I just didn't bring enough food. So um, dinners, always prepared for that, for sure. But like the afternoon and the morning just wasn't enough to sustain me. And I... I wore out on, uh, I think day two, I just had a really tough day, no energy. I was like, I almost fell day off the trail. Do you remember that? I almost fell off the trail down a ravine and I think somebody stopped me or caught me or something and I just had to sit and rest and my body just couldn't go on. It was weird. And I, I have a lot of willpower. I try, I try, try to pride myself on that, but it got to the point where I'm like, I need to sit down. I'm sorry if I'm slowing everybody up, but like, I just didn't have any energy. It was weird. So definitely food supply is huge which is ironic because because i think we'll get this later i feel like that's the number one thing people overpack is food like we always have too much food it's a fine line it's a fine line maybe the trip disaster in this case isn't the lack of food it could be pride for not asking your friends to give you food that's probably true actually i mean i think if you if you're gonna be a good backpacker as far as like the group goes and yourself goes, you, you really got to just get over like, oh, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. You've been doing this for two years and you pack more food. Like you just got to be like, dude, I need some food, man. Can you help me out? Because you're really there to help each other regardless of how long you've been doing it. You want a successful trip. You don't want to have to turn around and go back. So this is after all the quest for the perfect trip. And I think that that's a good point. But I think that if you're going with people that you know, like you, like we're all pretty comfortable with each other. We've known each other for years. At that point, I think it's okay to just actually dig into somebody else's back and just <laughs> take the food for yourself. I'll remember that. I'm going to remember you're going to do that. If so you grab food in my, in my pack and you needed it, I would have no problem. And honestly, if I'm struggling and your pack's just sitting there, I might explore what you got on wow. hand. So. You know what? Have at it, buddy. Have at it. Okay. I And I feel comfortable with that. That's good. But I like that. I, yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. You, you you definitely want to avoid the trip disaster by by having proper nourishment mm. and sharing your food. So I, I 
I'm with you on that. But you kind of, like, this little side thing didn't really expand upon it. Threw me under the bus a little bit with the, uh, I was supposed to bring oh, food it? for you. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Um, so on the gear list, I actually know everything that people requested me because I have, everybody seems to be like, hey, can you bring this for me? Can you bring that for me? I'm bringing, like, extra Thermarest. Mm. I'm bringing pillows. Mm. I'm bringing, I'm just bringing everything, man. Like, it seems like I have, I have, like, a whole extra list just for things I've got to bring for you guys. But, but so. let's, let's be fair, though. You did send out the, hey, uh, does anybody want an extra food because because you guys are flying to yeah, where sure. we were going, so, which was cool. Sure. But um, yeah, no, no, you no, know, I, I volunteer. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying I, I feel like if I if if you would have said extra food, I would have had that on the list. Maybe it's a job of the most experienced backpacker to delegate. Like, hey, my wife's going to the store. Can't you grab these items while I take care of these other items? And then that, that way your uh, plate's not so full. You know? No, no, no. I, 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 my plate's not too full. I can handle that. Clearly I just, not. Just never made Clearly. the list. So. Clearly. I mean, I would have had cheese in my belly if that was the case. So. <laughs> we'll see moving forward if I may. Yeah. You got to look at the list. If, you're, if, if your suggestion or if you're requesting on the list, you can't assume it's going to be brought. Let's, let's leave it at that. Fair enough. Fine. All right. So that's your, you got two. I got to go to my second one. And I kind of we, I kind of referenced hypothermia with the whole water falling experience. Yeah. But I've got a different version of hypothermia. Obviously, getting wet. You mentioned getting your feet wet can cause blisters. Mm. Getting your core body wet. Soaking your clothing is definitely an avoidable trip disaster. The simple way to avoid that is just to bring a waterproof jacket. Now, mm. if you want to buy like the nice breathable one, great. I've never gotten one to really breathe. I always end up sweating inside it and, you know, right. whatever. True. But but especially when we go in Colorado, you know, it's just going to rain. Like at least one of the days there will be rain, likely all the days. And so I think the number one way to avoid a trip disaster from the perspective of a trip leader is make sure that everybody has one of those. Mm. I can't tell you that every time. There's one guy on this trip, I'm trying to think of his name, that he just refused to bring it. And there was He like, was like a, he, a real solid backpacker and a great guy. Though. He was good. He was great. But he wouldn't would not. He just refused to bring the waterproof jacket. And it got to the point where where he would bring like 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 almost versions of it. I think there was like a uh, like a waterproof shirt. There were, but the sleeves. Carl, were there was one long. year this guy everything got wet in his pack. He turned his jacket into pants because everything got wet. He's like, "What can I wear? I'll wear my jacket." But you had the jacket that year, so I think that yeah, at but least that, you had the jacket. If, obviously, this is me, you guys. But if I didn't have that jacket, like, what am I going to do? Everything was wet. Right. Here's how it culminated. So this is 2014. And we're back in Yosemite. And to your credit, every I think every single time we've gone to the, in this, into the Sierras, it hasn't rained. So we're we're hiking, and and this time I brought one of those trash bag style ponchos that really only last one time. I think it might have lasted less than one time because they started tearing right when you used mm-hmm. it. Day one, like at the trailhead, it's raining. There's thunder and lightning, and it ended up raining. I think every single day but one. Mm-hmm. And your response to that was. Hey, it never rains when we go in the Sierras, so why would I bring a waterproof jacket? <laughs> Shows how much I am. I don't even live over there, and I just thought I knew everything. You were soaked the entire trip, and thankfully the the rain wasn't like one of those really freezing rains, the kind that actually do get in Colorado. It was it was not it was kind of warm, and so we kept hiking. You hiked through it, you tapped it out, you didn't complain a single time. Uh, but if it was if we were higher elevation or if we were in Colorado, like you would have legitimately been suffering from hypothermia. I no, I totally believe that. I totally believe that. So. So I think checking, making sure people have something waterproof, I think is a reasonable thing to do, especially when you go in a, in a wetter environment. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's my number two. What makes you a better backpacker is failing the hard. I mean, learning the hard way. Like I've learned the hard way 
quite a few times. You want to learn the hard way, but you don't want to die. It's, so you know, I want to challenge myself. I think my <laughs> la- my last one is obviously this is kind of an obvious one, but like getting getting lost, and that's it seems kind of dumb. Where you're like, well, you know, when you're in Yosemite, and like the trails are pretty easy. Like some of these trailheads are not the most accurately placed trailheads, or maybe you you know you think eight miles is eight miles, but maybe. It's not exactly eight miles. It might be a little, little bit more. Or or like I've had a trip where my wife and I went and the entire trail was just covered in snow. Um, there were tracks all over the place. So it's not like you could just follow one set of tracks. So, you know, if you're not able to read a map properly, then that becomes a serious, serious issue if you're uh, miscalculating how far the next, you know, familiar point is. So getting lost is a serious thing. I think that can become very disastrous, obviously, if you're not, you know, aware of where you are and if um, you're not able to read a map properly. So so I think that in order to, we're trying to get to the avoiding this. So yeah, I think what you just hit on was make sure you got somebody that knows how to read a map right. or bring a GPS and know how to right, use right, it. Right, right, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm not a big GPS guy. I, I, I think they're useful if, if you're going to be going off trail and doing some cross country stuff, but for the most part, trails are pretty well marked, at least where we've gone. Is that your way of being more like one with nature? Not having a GPS system, I suppose. I just like reading maps. I think it's cool to kind of calculate things and look at the contour lines. So do you like to read the newspaper and not the internet then? Like, (laughs) (laughs) do you like to open up something like that? It's like a present for you, kind of. Uh, Okay. What's the internet? <laughs> What's the, uh, <laughs> wow. Where the podcast will yeah, be found. That's fair. No, I, I yeah, th- I'm not against technology out there. Well, I kind of am actually. I'm not, you see how you know, fun you, it is to hike like, with him. He's a very indecisive. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a conversation guy. Crazy. I know, right? It, I do like that yeah. about you, though. I do like that about okay. you. Okay. So, tr- so I, I think it's okay to have an old school skill of reading a map, especially if the GPS runs out of batteries unexpectedly, right. breaks, sma- you know, it's hard to like break the map. I mean, you can lose the map, but. And, and usually two people, usually two of us have a map. I, most, most trips. True. That's what's not required. Every trip. That's what the gear list says anyway. But I think getting lost, I think you're sort of referencing one of our trips where we sort of didn't know exactly where we were on the map. And so we thought there should have been a junction where there shouldn't. We just simply hadn't gone far mm-hmm. enough. So our solution was it was late in the day. Let's just camp here and then sort it out tomorrow, which I think was a good solution. And then it did cause some backtracking, but in the end, we we were on the, we stayed on the trail and we we figured out where we you know where we were supposed to. Weren't be. you in charge of the map so, that day? Was it? That... I'm gonna I'll, I'll okay. claim this one for sure. I, I remember sure. I it was one can. of those days where I'm like I'm in the zone. I'm way ahead. Yeah, you're going for it. Yeah, I'm going for it. And then I'm like, right. And then you guys called me back. And you're like, yeah, you're going the wrong way. I'm like, no. Honestly. Honestly, the only time I've truly gotten like lost, lost though, was when I was like my last hiking trip solo. Mm. I was in my early twenties. I was in the Ansel Adams wilderness, and I I don't know how I got off trail, but I was taking. I think I took a deer trail or something and went way farther than I should have, and then realized I was on a cliff section that was pretty dangerous, and and I just simply backtracked to find it. But I was I was lost for a good hour or so, which is not a big deal mm. compared to you know some people get lost for days and then they st- they try to figure out how to get yeah. out and they don't stay put. Yeah. Well, I mean, even so. I mean, you're you're good at you know, keep us on track, except probably for just that one time on the trip, which wasn't a huge deal, but there's, right. I mean, you know, even sometimes if you're backpacking in the lead and you're like, think you know where you're going. I think one thing we do that's pretty safe is like all our, our group will always stop at every junction just to, just to right. reconvene. That's another one. Stop because the there's been a couple like of times where, 
you know, you could like, sometimes there's like those, like, I call them like dummy trails that look like a trail and you could just peel off on that for like a good quarter mile and not even know that that's not even the trail. If you're not staying and paying attention, then um, that could become a pretty big deal if like two of you break off on that and then like the rest of the people come behind and go on the right trail and then like, hey, where'd they go? So, oh, I strangely that, that happened. That actually happened on that same trip where oh did it uh rocky led the way in that where we had all our guys make it to the mountain pass and we're looking down you could see the trail obviously leading to the mountain pass and they were nowhere in sight and we're like they weren't that oh, far behind us right. yeah i remember that and so yeah. I, I had to said i'm like we are gonna be doing this mountain yeah. pass twice we're gonna have to go down and find those guys and sure enough rocky yeah back down and then back rocky up and never ceases to amaze man never ceases for sure but the, we'll have more stories for him later oh, yeah yeah, I like I like the stopping the junctions. That's another good suggestion. I think that's an obvious one, but I think a lot of people don't do that for some reason. Even you know, sometimes the junctions mm-hmm. have signs that are marked and they make it really clear where to go. But even so, stop at the junction. You never know. You never know what la la land somebody's off. That's in. the bottom line. You just never know. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original. Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. MidwayUSA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You don't want one thing to go wrong and then... Right, right, right. So, hey, let's let's get to my third yeah. one. This I'm going to take it a different direction. I think this is actually going to be a sneaky bad or sneaky big time disaster increasingly so something that you don't always anticipate or expect because this has to do with getting your permit for the trail now if you're going in a wilderness area if you're going basically just not in a national park i would guess most places like you know sky's limit you can bring you know as many people for the most part i think like 15 or under you can you can have different groups go in there there's no quota system or there's no Mm -hmm. limit however the national parks are getting increasingly crowded therefore the permits are getting increasingly more difficult to obtain so for years we'd show up in whatever national park sequoia yosemite rocky mountain whatever show up day of morning of hey we want to go and we get a permit. Might not be like top choice, but we get something. We we'd figure it out, right, right? Right. Not the case anymore. So the last few times I've gone to national parks, we had let's see, a year ago I just took my family to Yosemite, and we showed up day before, and they were almost out for the next day permits, and so we got the last trailhead. We were the last group to get a a permit yeah. for the next day, yeah. and that was like. Yeah, and that was obviously like the least desirable. I mean, they're all good in Yosemite, but that was the least desirable trailhead of the ones we were looking at. And then 
this year we went to Glacier National Park and we got, we had to like, I had to log on to their website like the minute, the first minute on March 15th to reserve the permit. And they said they get somewhere between like 500 and a thousand requests, 500 in the first minute and a thousand after the first hour to get what we wanted. Yeah, it was nuts. And I was like, and then, and even though we got the permit, like they still modified it when we got there. So we still didn't exactly know, you know, what we're going on or where we were going. And so I think, yeah, so trip permits, I think you really got to plan ahead now and know where you want to go. Um, sometimes up to six months in advance, yeah. know how many guys are going to go or girls. So this is one that if you want to avoid trip disaster, I don't think if you're going to a national park, you simply want to show up and be like, here's where I want to go because chances are they are going to be shutting you out. down. Shutting yeah. you down. Yeah, that's true. All right. Hey Derek, you know, to wrap this episode, I think I just want to throw a trivia question at you that has to do with this whole idea of master disaster. And so I've got a question that has to do with some of the disasters we've already talked about, some that we haven't talked mm-hmm. about yet. So I've done a little bit of research, and I have a list of the most common hiking medical issues, whether they be just kind of issues with your body or injuries. Uh, we've mentioned a, f- a couple of them, and I got I got like a top three, the three most common ones. So I'm going to wow. give you okay. I'm going to give you four guesses to get two this of the is, three. This Let's is what he does. Do. This is my friend who googles and researches these things, and then challenges me on the spot. I like it. All right, I'm going to fail, yeah. but. No, actually, I, I think I actually read this one oh. in the newspaper. <laughs> newspaper, after you put your map away. Okay, let it, Okay, so three most common? So there's three. You got to just name two, but I'm giving you four oh, guesses. What a gener- okay, one I'm going to say is dehydration. Nice, that is correct. Boom. I'm impressed. Yeah, I didn't Nine, think you'd get that one. I've grown. That's the Maybe I have thing. a little Googleage myself on the computer. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Are you cheating? Are you seriously no, cheating? No, 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 I'm not. Two, I'm going to say hypothermia. Hypothermia. That's one we talked about, and I think that's definitely like a top five or six. It's mm, not top Okay. Um, another injury or medical issue would be, I'm going to say, this happened to me. I'm going to say altitude sickness. That's a good one, too. That's what not the on the list. Okay. Like then I get this. Yeah. Because I think because it's talking about hiking in general. And so, yeah, a lot of hiking takes place. Okay. Then I'm going to go with an obvious hiking injury, which would be. Which we've already talked about. At length. Yeah. Well, there's well, there's blisters. You can do, there okay, you go. I was going to say you rolling your ankle or twisting your ankle. Wow. Is that on there, too? Fire. Wow. Yeah. 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 You got it says it says lower leg injuries and then in parentheses sprained ankles torn <gasps> muscles. Boom. So yeah, you got them. You you know your injuries. You know how to get hurt out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it, man. If you want to get hurt, talk to me. I think I can help you out. I think we gotta escalate this. I feel like I feel like maybe in the next episode we gotta. I'm gonna throw another challenge at you, and we gotta we gotta have something on the line. I don't feel like it's gonna go. I don't feel like it's gonna go, so, well. so like it's gonna go well, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. All right. So so I think just to kind of wrap things up. We want in the in the quest to make a perfect trip. We talked about how to avoid some of the most common mm. disasters uh, from guys that have experienced almost all of them, and so we'll we'll touch on a few more in future mm-hmm. episodes. I like that, and uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks to everybody again for joining us on the Backpacking and Blisters podcast. We look forward to keep going with you guys. Hit that subscribe button. Let us know your thoughts and your comments below. And uh, next episode, uh, we're going to be talking about... What was our topic again, Carl? You want to throw that at me? 
close encounters or having yes. two close, close encounters encounter. of all kinds. So we'll, we'll go into more detail on that. So looking forward not to aliens. seeing you guys in the next episode. Take care. Remember, it's not backpacking unless there's a few blisters along the way. search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.